Hey guys, welcome back to Let's Talk Property Podcast. This podcast will be a two-part episode. I will be going through the process of how to find the property that is right for you. Part one will be for those who are buying a property to live in and part two will be for those who are buying a property to invest in. So I really hope you enjoy these episodes. Part two will be available on episode seven. So see you there. Bye guys. Hey everyone, God I can't believe we are at episode 5 already, time is really just flying, I hope everyone's had a really really good week, I can't lie I've been mad exhausted this week, I returned to work after having 6 months off and I'm telling you it's actually killing me slowly, Um, there's definitely been a lack of posts and engagement on the page recently which I really apologise for. I'm just trying to get myself back into a routine now that I'm back at work. I'm trying to do the podcast. I'm trying to make posts. And it can get a lot sometimes. So bear with me and everything should just be back up and running smoothly. I think I've got a routine that I'm working to now and I think it's working. So yeah, Um, I know that some of you guys wanted to fight me last week for not putting the episode out early Friday. So I won't do that again. I'll make sure it's out first thing in the morning on Friday um and not in the evening so thanks for telling me off guys but um anyway in today's episode I will be talking about how to find the property that is right for you I really wish I had this episode to refer to when I first started looking at properties but as I said before you guys can learn from my owls with this podcast so firstly I think it's really important to make a list of what you're looking for So these are things that you need. So these will be your non-negotiables. Then you're going to want things things that you want, but they're kind of like on your wish list. So they're not things that you necessarily need. But, you know, it would be nice if you used to have it, but it's not that deep if you don't get it. So when you're looking for a property to live in, some of the non-negotiables could be the amount of bedrooms that you have. So this would be kind of vital if you are going from a rented accommodation to now buying your first house and you're definitely looking to like settle down start a family for example you could have rented like a one-bedroom apartment and now you're looking you know if like a two three-bedroom house or a two three-bedroom apartment whatever it is there's no point you buying a house and then what like two three four years down the line you need to move again because you didn't plan to have an an additional person in your house so I really recommend trying to think as far ahead as you can just to save yourself time and energy because it can be really exhausting and annoying when you settle somewhere and something like having a child um, can make you need to move and look for somewhere else it can be really frustrating so yeah so amount of bedrooms could be like a non-negotiable another non-negotiable that some people may have is the location of the property so like for example um some people have areas that are like a must so i'm just gonna give living in london as the main example so if you're living in london where the house prices are just absolutely ridiculous like you really should ask yourself like 
do I need to stay in London or can I move to a different city and I really want you guys to have an open mind when you're thinking about this because I remember seeing a tweet the other day um about like uh what stops people from like people from moving away from London or living like on the outskirts of London or moving like further up north to like major cities like Manchester and Birmingham and you know what I saw some really like valid reasons like support network your family transportation job opportunities and like job pay as well because obviously I know that London jobs pay a lot more than they do elsewhere um but I did see some really foolish answers like some things that just absolutely made no sense like I even saw someone say that oh there's like no diversity outside London like cultural diversity and I was just there like what are you talking about like I can actually go to certain areas of Birmingham and not see one white person for days like for days and like I feel like Birmingham's got a very good mix of different um cultures alongside that like Manchester as well Liverpool um like these places like they're growing in like cultural diversity but I definitely know for a fact that Manchester has very is very diverse as well um I think that some people follow fashion a little bit too much about what they see on social media like Okay, I understand the Birmingham accent isn't very nice. Like, it's not the best accent. And for those of you that actually listen to this podcast, knowing damn well that I have a Birmingham accent, like, you guys are real because, yeah. So, yeah, people really do follow fashion with the whole, like, accent thing. Like, I know I've even got some friends and I cuss them out all the time. So this is not me throwing shade to anyone that's mentioned this before because if you know me, you know, I'm very, I'm a very straight up person, like, if you mention something like an accent stopping you from moving to an area, then I just feel like you're just blocking your own blessings, but yeah, just little things like the Birmingham accent, like, some people saying, oh, I would never move outside of London, because all the accents are trash, and it's like, like, are you actually, like, deep in what you're saying, like, are you deep in that you're saying that you wouldn't want to move out of London, solely because you don't like the accents elsewhere in the UK like you could be struggling you know in London but you could be living fine elsewhere but because of an accent that you don't even know if you are gonna get you're not gonna move like tell now guys maybe I need to put like a poll on my Instagram story just to see what you guys think because me personally I feel like people are mad um, I feel like people are mad. An accent is it that deep? I'm gonna actually put this as a poll. Like, is it that deep? Is the Birmingham accent that deep? Is the Manchester accent that deep? Is the Liverpool accent that deep that like, you don't want to now move because of an accent? And I'm really like indirecting one of my friends here because he says this all the time. He said, "There's no way I could potentially, I could possibly bring up a child." in Birmingham because my child could never have that accent and it's like nah sorry Birmingham has very good schools like excellent schools has an abundance of grammar schools and abundance of private schools I know for a fact that um Birmingham actually has one of the um 
top 10 private secondary schools one of the king edwards um king edwards schools as well so yeah i feel like maybe i need to have a conversation with people about their views about living outside of london because sometimes i just really don't understand it and sometimes i feel like it is definitely like a follow fashion yeah i'm gonna end the little rant there but all i'm gonna say is you know don't block your blessings based on just little things and based on um kind of like just silly social media topics and um just little things like really explore your options explore maybe the potential of moving away from um London and the benefits as well like there are going to be pros and cons if your reasons are to do with family support network networks and jobs I totally get it but if your reasons are accents or lack of cultural diversity which makes no sense or guys I saw something that said there's no planting anyway I hope that was a joke because yeah it has to be a joke yeah, it actually has to be a joke um but yeah stuff like that oh just stop it like just stop it that's all I can just say stop it okay so another non-negotiable um would be schools and this ties back into the first non-negotiable when I talked about bedrooms and talked about settling down again like you would ideally want a house that um you know has good surrounding schools um primary schools and secondary schools ideally you want some you want a very smooth transition for your children um to go from secondary school to um i mean from primary school to secondary school without having to relocate again um you know i really am i really am putting things out there that i know some people that are in like the early 20s if they're listening to this they're going to be like what are you talking about like I'm not trying to think about what's what school my child's gonna go to but you will be surprised at how time flies like if you're the same age as me and you're what like on 24 the end of this month 10 years ago guys I was in year 10 in year 10 10 years ago I was in year 10 yeah so time flies I really feel like I was in year 10 like yesterday so okay so we've got like our non-negotiables obviously I advise you guys to write down your own non-negotiables I've only just listed like a few um that I feel like would be quite common non-negotiables um for people that are looking to buy their first house but things that are not that necessary so as I said before things that are going to be on your wish list would be things like having a drive now a drive is lovely everyone would I think everybody wants to drive um to put their car on all of that kind of stuff but again if you find the right property um it kind of ticks all your boxes it just doesn't have a drive like don't rule it out um I know it can be annoying like roadside parking but don't rule it out guys um you know that could be an incentive for a future property that you buy um again having a garage having a conservatory having ensuite bathrooms built-in wardrobes all of these things like they're just like really they're just additional things that you realistically like but I wouldn't really put them in your non-negotiables um especially as a first-time buyer um if this is like your second property then call do what the hell you want to do because 
you know, but I really do recommend just having um, a wish list. Um, obviously, try and meet as much as you can on your wish list, but if you don't meet everything, guys, you will, like, it's okay. It's actually okay. Um, you don't need to live in that house forever. Okay, so now that you've got your list about what you're looking for, another thing that I feel like is necessary to add on to the list that you're looking for is do I want a flat or do I want a house? Now, I have a post on the Instagram page, so Let's Talk Property Podcast, and on this Instagram page, you will find a post that is that says freehold versus leasehold. Now, freehold is basically just a house, and a leasehold is basically just a flat. So this that that post is literally just house versus a flat. Um, and I really recommend you reading that as well after listening to this podcast or even whilst listening to this podcast, just quickly go on the Instagram page and go and find that post. But yeah, so um, do you want a freehold or do you want a leasehold property? Now, leasehold properties at the moment, I feel like they're um, increasingly popular, especially due to the fact that um, some new bills are now being sold as leaseholds. Also, apartments at the moment seem to be increasingly popular. I feel like especially in the influencer world, a lot of influencers are buying these very nice modern um modern looked apartments and a lot of people are kind of like thinking oh yeah I want that I want that I mean that's the job of an influencer at the end of the day is to influence but I really recommend that you read in that post to really understand what comes with buying um a leasehold like the pros and the cons so I can list like a few for example um, with a leasehold property, you will need to pay service charge and ground rent if you are purchasing the property. This does not apply to those who are just renting, by the way. So if you're purchasing the property again, you pay service charge and ground rent. Um, this can be very, very, very costly depending on the type of apartment that you get. Um, and also just to note that the freeholders, so the people that are in charge of the whole block of flats or the whole apartment, can increase or decrease the service charge whenever they feel like. So you also need to just make sure that you have that, you have a bit of a bracket um, available um, to pay the service charge and the ground rent as well. However, a really good thing about flats is one thing that is really big for me is security buying a property right now especially as a first-time buyer um, living by myself like flats do actually appeal a lot more to me simply because I feel a lot safer um I have had a few um experiences of like burglaries and stuff like that so naturally like I am a little bit more on edge when I'm in a house by myself than when I'm in like a flat I feel like it's a lot harder to kind of like break in um, you know, you've got like the main doors, you've got like security, you've got cameras, sometimes you have a concierge, um, and then obviously you've got like it's just it's just it's a longer process than just than just breaking into a house. However, with a house, you know, you don't like obviously you don't have the service charge, you don't have the ground rent charges, you also can do whatever the hell you wanna do with that property. 
so if you want to build an extension as long as you get planning permission you can build that extension whereas a flat an apartment whatever you want to call it you don't really get that luxury also to a certain extent you still do have to ask the freeholders permission to do any kind of like major renovations in the property and they can refuse as they are the freeholders so you do kind of get that little bit of lack of freedom with freehold properties also if you just fast forward a little bit when it comes to selling the property you will probably find it slightly harder to sell a flat or an apartment than you will do with a house and also you will find that the equity in the house will probably go up a lot more than it would have done if you bought a flat or in comparison to the flat so let's say for example there's a flat hundred thousand pounds there's a house hundred thousand pounds over the space of like 10 years the flat literally could have just gone up to like 150 whereas the house um small small renovation it could have gone up to like 200 so there is a lot more room for appreciation in a house than there is in a flat but all the rest of the details on like freehold versus leasehold flats versus houses or however you want to say it can be found on the instagram page so please check that out um so again i'm not telling anybody what to do or what their perfect property should be um it really is just dependent on the individual but i'm just here to just give you guys a little bit of a kickstarter into trying to find or how to find the property that is right for you so another thing that you should also look at if you do choose to that a house is you know right for you do you want a detached house a semi-detached house or a terraced house okay so now that you've kind of got your your list of non-negotiables your wish list and you have now decided whether you want to go for a flat or you want to go for a house with the house you decide if you want to go for a detached semi-detached or terraced house um it's now kind of time to start looking on these property platforms such as right move zoopla on the market and it's now time to find the um different types of properties um when you're looking at your looking for a prop when you're looking for a property have the list next to you it will really help you you made the list for a reason it will also help you to refine your search as well so it will make the um searching process a lot easier as it can be a little bit tedious um yeah so once you've picked out a few properties on right move and zoopla and on the market i really really recommend this is to group your viewings based on the location uh let me just give an example so let's say you're looking to buy a property in birmingham and the surrounding areas of birmingham like warsaw wensbury dudley samwell whatever west brom all of them kind of places um you're really flexible it doesn't really matter as long as it is kind of like in birmingham or like surrounding areas um let's say that you found a lot of nice houses within your price range around south birmingham so around like acot screen yardley uh sheldon um but you've also found some really nice properties in like dudley warsaw tipton 
all of those sort of areas, please group your viewings together. Do all the properties that are in South Birmingham, so do the properties that are in um, Acox Green, Yardley, Sheldon, in one day or over the or over a period of days, then go and do your viewings in like Dudley, Tipton, Albury, Smethwick, because you know, I know it's in Birmingham, but like traveling from, like what let let's say we were traveling from Sheldon to Tipton, that can be like forty minutes. Like it's, I know for some people that doesn't sound very far, but it's lot. Like, it's actually long when you're going backwards and forwards. And the last thing that you want to be doing is having one house viewing at 9 o'clock in the morning in Yardley. Then your next house viewing is all the way in Warsaw. Then the third house viewing is all the way in flipping, I don't know, Longbridge. Like, make, like, plan your journeys, plan your time. Because house viewings will eat out your petrol. It will eat out your time. And it will make you want to scream. And if it doesn't, that's cool for you it makes me scream it gets on my nerves um but yeah it's definitely something that I used to do I definitely just used to just like see all these properties on like Bright Move and Supla like call the estate agents and be like can I view it can I view it can I view it and then like I'm not even deep in like where the properties actually are and like I kept kept doing it like I just kept on making the same mistake I kept saying oh next time I'm not going to do that and I just kept on doing it so I would book like a viewing um where was I looking at first I think I was looking like around um like Birmingham airport side so like South Birmingham so I was looking at a property in like um like Shard End for example then my next house viewing would be in Warsaw but then more, the one after that would be um like King's Heath and it's just that, like I really could have just stayed I really could have just planned it a little bit better um with the estate agents um, I also recommend getting a diary um, for your house viewings as well because some um, estate agents don't do um, text alerts or reminders or anything like that so it is very very easy to forget that you have a house viewing especially when you've been booking them in bulk. The next thing that I recommend you doing to help you find the right property for you is when you're actually going on these house viewings to drive around the area so again this kind of links in back into the organization of booking your house viewings allocate a little bit of time either side of the house viewings to properly get a feel of the road of the area again like you can look for your non-negotiables whilst you're doing the house viewings so like if some of your non-negotiables are it needs to be like near a transport like very good transport link so it needs to be near like a major train station that takes me into Birmingham New Street then again you've got time to research maybe you could do you could test to see how far it takes you to drive maybe you could test to see how far it takes you to walk or analyze the bus routes or analyze some of the schools in the area um what are the what are the, what is the area like around the school because sometimes schools are based in some disgusting areas and you're just thinking i let my child walk home from school or i don't want my child to be just in that type of environment even if it may be a good school so yeah that's really really important um i'll even give you a little story time well it's not that interesting but um 
one thing I, I do now is when I come out of a house viewing, I will sit inside my car and then just like just pre the road, pre the people that are coming out of it. Obviously not like in a stalkery way, but just kind of like taking in the surroundings, getting a vibe of the road. And I remember this one house that I went to go and see in Warsaw, not Warsaw, Wolverhampton. Um, I have no patience for that city, but it is quite good for investment. So I did try, but yeah, it's written off for me. Can't take that city at all. Um, yeah, and so I was sitting outside in my car now, and then some of the people that were leaving the place, like, I really don't want to sound rude, guys, but, um, I can just tell that a lot of the people were on either extremely low income or maybe benefits, and for what I was after, like, it was, it wasn't the right sort of area, and on top of that, there was also a house that was about three or four doors down from the property that I was looking at and a homeless man like walked into it and I was like no 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 give me out give me out I literally as soon as I saw the homeless man like stop look at the door open the door and walk in I literally put my my ignition on and drove off like I said no I'm done that's that's enough for me sorry what what the hell is that what the hell is that yeah so Lastly, guys, I think that will really help you to find the property that is right for you is, again, using one of the posts on my property page, Let's Talk Property underscore, and you will find a post on there um, called Property Red Flags, um, and you will also find Property House Viewing Questions. I think it's actually called the Top House Viewing Questions Um one last thing that I did like to say um, about finding a property that is right for you to live in is don't get too emotionally attached to properties when you're viewing them. It is very easy to picture yourself in um, in the property. I always say that viewing house viewings really sometimes have that like IKEA effect on you. And when I'm, what I mean by IKEA effect is when you go to Ikea and you like say like you're walking through the different like showrooms and stuff and you can picture yourself like with your 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 partner your kids and whatever like, or however you picture yourself or you know your nice kitchen and your cooking and all of that that's kind of what that's my little fantasy um yeah you can see it all and sometimes when you go to these house viewings and you think oh this is nice and then you literally start planning like your whole life in that house um, just don't kind of get too emotionally attached it also may um, cause you to put in a much higher offer than needed and it also may mean that you rule out other options before you've even given it a chance so yeah um, really hope that episode helps you guys understand ways to find the perfect property for yourself episodes episode seven is going to be about how to find the right investment property that one is going to be a less of a chit chat i have lots of little hints and tips on how to find your perfect investment property and how to make the most out of it as well so yeah episode seven is when it's going to come out next week we have another guest episode last week's guest episode was stephanie taylor she did a rent to rent and the episode before that, episode three, 
had to think then episode three was how to save for your mortgage deposit um so definitely go and check them out guys so hope you have a really good week thanks for listening and make sure you tune in later bye